Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. That's a sneaky way to do it, isn't it? <laughs> All right. So um, we said we would start Galatians tonight, and so in uh, well, roughly a little over a week ago, I felt like I could turn my attention to Galatians, and so I read it through and then read it through another day. And the, the feeling I had, what in the world was I thinking? Uh, so um, I, I entered this with fear and trembling, um, and uh, hopefully we'll make sense of it. And one of the, one of the things that you'll really need to work on is we're we're going to look at it, you know, verse by verse, sometimes word for word. Um, we will we'll look at it and and try to figure it out. But even when we do that, when we look like that we try to keep a sense of the whole this is a whole letter and so you you want to try to keep a sense of continuity uh continuity to it i found a excellent outline um uh, which i thought to it uh i thought it was and uh so i'll be using that outline just for us to discuss these things okay and it breaks down the six chapters and it breaks down uh two chapters, two chapters, and two chapters. Um, and I thought that would be very helpful for us to get it down. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? There you go, one bite at a time. So, yeah, so sometimes you have to do that uh, that way. Uh, so, uh, like the, the last two chapters is de devoted to Christian conduct. And the center uh, two chapters are uh, the gospel uh, versus law. And uh, to, tonight, we'll, we'll have the uh, amazed at the defection and Paul arguing for his apostleship. And that's one of the things you have to remember when you, when you come to this uh, particular letter of Paul is he is aggressively fighting to remain in their minds and in their hearts an apostle because somehow they have left him and and uh, as, as we will work on this you, you'll you'll see some things okay and uh, the people that came in after him we call them Judaizers if you've heard that term before uh, we call them Judaizers they uh, come in and they say well uh, Paul may be okay but he can only go so far. We got the full deal for you, and uh, so they that that would be some of the lines that that they that they would use. And if if you like, they'll say Paul's really not connected with the Jerusalem, you know, where the, the, where everything started. And they would say such things like that because he was kind of an outsider. And uh, we'll bump into that several times in the text uh, that he really was. Uh, he really was an outsider. And so some of that, there, there's always truth, some truth to those arguments. It just, uh, they, they, but they don't hold water all the, all the way. And, and we'll, we're going to try to figure some of that, some of that out. Also, uh, what makes Galatians different, okay, is you're 
you, you have this letter to churches, not to a church. So the Galatian, Galatia is an area. Let's see if we can get our map up. I, I don't know where, where yeah, there. You see, Galatia is up there toward the center. And you're, you're talking about an area rather, rather than a single church uh, that, that he's writing to. Another, um, like First and Second Corinthians, we know is to the Corinthian church. Um, it'll probably come up a little later too. But that's to one church. Uh, this letter is, is to be circulated through all the churches in that area. So Galatia is an area. It gets its name from the Gauls is where it gets its name. And about uh, before we're studying here, somewhere around 300 years before this, the Gauls moved into that area and, uh, and populated it. And, and so they, they just took it over. And uh, Romans fought them. Uh, they were always fighting the Gauls up there. And, but the Romans figured out how to win. Here's what the Romans do. Quit the field, declare victory, and go home. That's how you win. Okay. <laughs> and, they, and they came to that. that. That's what they did. They just couldn't beat the Gauls. So uh, it's, a, it's a rugged and rough and tough area. Um, and the, the gospel... Uh, went out to that area. If see uh, Iconium, Lystria, Derby, uh, those were uh, where Paul had been uh, doing his uh, mission work in uh, prior time. Okay, but now things have gone bad. Um, oh, uh, we date this letter. This is one of the earlier letters of Paul. And I, and I found myself, we're, 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 it's like we study Paul, and we're studying Paul again. That's what I felt like in, this, in, in working on this. Um, so we'll date this letter somewhere around 50. Uh, so it's really early in the ministry of Paul. Uh, and, and you kind of know that, too, okay, from, from the letter, um, Okay. And what we'll be dealing with is a Jewish sect that has infiltrated the church, churches, I should say, uh, a Jewish sect that has done that and what they might believe. There are a few dangers to the church, the early church. One of the biggest dangers is the one we're going to deal with here and that was, if they, if they let this go, and this develops in the church, it, what would you say, Val? Yes, yes. And Christians, instead of have the, the Christian church, you're gonna, you would have a sect of Judaism. That's all you could be. Um, and... Uh, I hope you see that as you go, and we'll, we'll try to bring that out time and time again, uh, that that's what Paul's uh, scuffling over. That's what he's arguing for, um, because the identity of the church is at stake. Uh, and, and All right, so 
listen, the first five verses I have down as greetings and salutation. So let's begin. All right. <clears throat> Paul, an apostle sent, not from men, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Now, just listen to Paul. What's he trying to say when, when he opens there? Because he, he's opening up fighting right away. Uh, by the way, I want to mention here, I've seen that he doesn't use the term saints for these people. Okay, that, that to me, uh, that was a startling uh, look. Uh, nowhere in the book does he call them saints. I don't know what to make of that. It just, that's the way it is. Okay. But what's he, what's he trying to say here? When, can, can you hear him? Can you hear him talk to you? He's, he's trying to say, it, God, yeah, it's God who, who called me. And we're, we're going to hit that time and time again. And he wants to bring that across to them. Remember now, he's fighting for his apostleship. He, he's, he's fighting for that. Okay. And uh, where does his connection go? Uh, to the one who raised Jesus from the dead. That is, that is powerful medicine there. Powerful medicine. Um, and if it, if you know about Philippians there, he, he says that he wants to know him and the power of his resurrection. And here he's saying it's that resurrection power that captured him and, and got a hold of him. The one who raised Jesus from the dead, that's the one who got a hold of him. And all the brothers and sisters with me, we don't know how many were with him. We don't know that. Uh, we'll have some little later toward the close of the book uh, mentioned uh, there, but uh, we don't know who, who, that, who that is. Uh, to the churches, see this one plural? To the churches in Galatia, grace, peace to you from God our Father and from Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. What happened to your sins? Jesus gave himself for that. He gave himself for that. Um, can you, by doing good, have some kind of atonement for that? No. Jesus died for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. That's, by the way, in 1 Corinthians, toward the end of 1 Corinthians, but it's the, but it's the same thing. Here, the only way that sin is dealt with entirely is in the cross of Jesus Christ. And uh, any of the dealing with sin in the Old Testament or, or before Jesus by sacrifice was not actually the forgiveness or the complete remission for sin. It was an atonement that was a covering and that, was, that stayed there until Jesus died and his blood washed it away. Now that, yeah, okay, good. 
good. Uh, so the only way that sins are forgiven, and I don't like to use the word atonement just because of the way I used it a few minutes ago, uh, where you have um, complete ending to your guilt and separation from God is in Jesus Christ. And you have to have that. Um, we, we, we'll talk a little later uh, maybe about that too. But that, that's, what, that's what you need. you need. You need that forgiveness. And Paul says right away, where does that come from? It's in Jesus Christ. It's in him and his work to rescue us from this present age. Now, this one really threw me. Uh, I, I really wanted, and I, I'm, I don't have an explanation satisfactory for that except that maybe it's the way that John used the world. You know, unless you hate the world, you can't really be a friend of, that kind of idea can't be a friend of God. But it has to do with this present age. And if I was going to elaborate, well, I'm going to. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Al. Yes. Do you mean in the present age phrase? Okay. I like the phrase, too, that the, the, the writer, whoever you're reading there, pointed out that uh, he allowed for Jewish sensitivities, but, but not for a doctrine of salvation. Yeah, that, that's excellent. That's excellent. Um, it, it, so, who gave himself for a rescue from the present age. Now, the, it, the other thing about this present age is Next year, this age, this time will be gone. It will have changed and morphed as well as you. You should change. And so the the present you has to decrease for the new you that Jesus is creating you to be to come into existence. That's rather philosophical. And so that may, yeah, that may, uh, but, but, but it still points to, to this present age, this evil age has to, has to diminish uh, for there to be the real activity of God according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And you'll see Paul does that a lot in his writings. He'll take, a, I, th- I think what it is is he deals with something that calls for him to be reverent. And so he'll have these little doxologies like that there. Uh, and sometimes they're a little bit longer and they're beautiful. They're just beautiful uh, and sometimes longer. So uh, that, that is, uh, but I want you to see right away, he just, he, he went to the fight. He went to the fight. 
where does his call come from? It comes from God. Uh, that, will, that will come up uh, a little later in his conversion and his calling. Okay, that is greetings and salutations. I don't think he's mean here. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, and it's going to get worse. Now, he will get mean, and he's going to get mean, all right? As we, we, we will make sure we see this when we go by it, okay? All right, let's go to our next slide. And here's uh, what Al was talking about, too, in there, that he's astonished, <laughs> amazed, that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Wow. Yes. 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 So, uh, and, and the way this comes out is Paul came and preached the gospel of grace to them. And uh, he preached it, and many of them said, oh, that sounds good. I'll put me down for that. And they received the Spirit. And now they're going to say no to that, that wonderful and glorious privilege. They're going to say no to that and adopt the law instead of the grace and the Spirit of God. Go ahead, Daryl. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. uh, that did jump off the page at me when I was reading it. Yeah, it did as, as well. Yeah. So, I, is this a Gentile area? Yes. Gentiles, how can they default back to something that they would? This, I hope we get this covered somewhat. I really do. That's a, such an interesting question there. Yeah, because the, these are probably really uh, Gentiles. It's not like you have a monstrous Jewish population in this area anyplace. And so th this is coming. Go ahead, go ahead, Daryl. Historically speaking, you had to have 10 men to form a synagogue. And there was not one synagogue in the land of Israel. So the people were not of God. They were people chosen for special things. And this was not a particularly rich area either. I mean, we don't have that that comes out of it, not like Laodicea, where you have a lot of richness and that kind of thing, which is down further, by the way, if you noticed on the map. Uh, uh, down, down further, but but you don't have that. Uh, I really hope that we cover that again. What you're asking, uh, and Pastor, the way you you ask that, I hope we cover that again. Without being in, in my hesitancy is that I sound mean and anti-Semitic. Um, so we want to be careful. That, I do. I want to be careful of that. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll be like Paul. I'll be sensitive to their sensitivities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And I mean that really in a good way. I, I really do, okay? And we want to be careful not, not to do that. But if the shoe fits, wear it here. And boy, it's going to be ugly, okay? It will get ugly. All right, where do, did, we, did we read this whole thing here? Uh, okay. I am, uh, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Which, oh, I am astonished you quickly remove from the grace of God, turning to a different gospel, which is, no, which is really no gospel at all. Gospel uh, meaning good news. And there's also a play on words here. I didn't think about working that out too much, okay? But there's a play on words here. In the Greek language, there is a word for another, and then there's a word for another. Uh, another, but of the same kind. Another, but of a different kind. And that's what he plays on here. It is another gospel, but it's really not a gospel, another gospel. It's really not another good news. Matter of fact, matter of fact it's the same old bad news. Uh, is is what it is, and so he 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 plays on that as as he writes here, which is not really which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some of you are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ, and which is think of yourself when when you were a very young Christian. And, you know, here I was, uh, had just committed my life uh, to Jesus Christ. And thank God I, I had really good friends in the church and they uh, mentored me and got me involved in school and, and those kinds of things, okay? But you, you were pretty easily swayed at that age, weren't, uh, at that level in your church life. I, I know I was. Thank God I got through as good as I did. And I'm serious. You think this is awful. You should have seen me before, you know. Uh, but but, but, but it, it's easy to do this. And especially, somebody's already brought this up twice, by the way. Especially if they come from Jerusalem. Especially if they look like Experts. Okay, you know what an expert is, don't you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a drip that's under pressure away from home is <laughs> another one. But boy, you're right in there, Kathy. Kathy's got that one. She got that one down fast. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 you know, you have to have some sympathy for them. They're not stupid. Um, and, and they're out to please the Lord, and somebody tells them this goofy way of doing that. And, and so there they are. And now he gets serious. Um, but even if we are an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. This is not really terribly unusual language uh, for Paul to use, okay? Uh, when he's uh, writing to the church at Rome and he starts talking about 
Israel and their relationship with God, the Jewish people, his people, uh, he says, I would like for me to be accursed and apart from Christ if my brothers could be saved or would be saved, whatever, whatever uh, would, would, would apply there. And what he's saying is, I will be cursed and condemned to hell if, if they could be saved. And so he uses this. Now he, he says, here is, if you preach another gospel than the one he preached when he came there, then uh, they, they, what? Should be under God's curse. Um, okay. That is pretty strong language. You know, a lot of people say, well, you shouldn't curse. Okay? I get that. The Bible doesn't say you shouldn't curse. The Bible said you shouldn't use the Lord's name in vain. And there's a difference. And you really should know that. Okay? You should choose your words wisely when you get in that area. Okay? And he is using his words wisely here. He means every word of it. He's not just saying slang, you know, uh, to, to someone, go to hell. He's not doing that. Uh, he's saying seriously, uh, let them be cursed because of what they're doing. Uh, yeah, thank you. Welcome. Oh, go ahead. Well, hope so. <laughs> oh yes, yes they do. Yes, and we will not we will not overlook that because we'll read it. We're going to read every word of the letter. Why well, say that? What does that mean? Uh, our aim is to read every word of the letter um, as we go through it uh, here. This, this is a little bit different experience than Sunday morning, obviously, you see that, and a little bit different in what we, what we might expect, okay? This is a learning exercise, and uh, hopefully it will take hold in our lives and go down deeper than our head into our hearts and where it would change our lives, okay? Uh, but this, if it, it is a, it's a pretty heady exercise, Okay? And so you, you, you just need to know that and work on that as you go through it, all right? Uh, but there will be plenty of spirit in this, okay? We'll get, we'll get to that. Okay, as we have already said, so now I'll say it again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted. See, now he, they, they accepted the gospel when they heard it from him, so it, it, it made sense to them. They accepted it in, but now they're going for some other stuff, some other fringe work. And uh, the latest glittery thing, it's caught their attention, okay? And Paul just amazed at that. Uh, how this could, he, it makes no sense to him. He sees this, but it makes no sense to him. Is why would you, Give up your birthright for this pot of 
red beans. Why would you do that? And of course, the church said, we don't know. Sound like a good idea. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, uh, they, they heard the gospel from Paul and they believed it. And uh, let them be under God's curse if they don't uh, go along with that. If they're preaching to you something else, I am, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Now, again, see, he's arguing here that he's doing this out of his calling of God. And he is not trying to please people, which would indicate to me, and I think you, when we get done with this, you'll agree that the big pressure that these Judaizers have coming here is we're the authority and you need to come along with this. That they look like some kind of authority. Okay? Are, are some, they have credentials that Paul doesn't have. And that is their connection with Jerusalem. His connection, we're going to go over that. We got a couple of visits uh, in our reading. I don't know whether we'll get to it tonight or not. But there is a couple of visits uh, that Paul mentions in this book, or in this letter, I should say, uh, about that. Okay, and we'll, uh, we'll kind of rehearse, rehearse that and see if we can make sense out of, of his history there. Uh, and, of, and of course, what, what is the answer to that? Is he trying to win the approval of human beings? That is, is he trying to get Jerusalem to stamp an approval upon him? Is it, you're doing a good job, Paul. Okay. No. No, because if he was trying to do that, he's an ultra failure at that. He's not getting that done. Okay. Uh, or am I trying to please people? He said, no, I'm not trying to please people. I'm trying to please God. God's the one who called me. God's the one who sent me. God's the one who brought the message. God's the one who came into your hearts when you believed. And the list goes on. Okay, so he's not trying to, to do that, okay? <laughs> if I was try, still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. You cannot... Serve Christ if you're trying to please other people. And don't underestimate the power of peer pressure on yourself and on the people around you. It does matter what you say, how you act, and what you do. Okay? All right. Uh, and are you, are you getting that argument well? Yeah, he's saying, I'm not, I'm not doing this to please people. I didn't bring you the gospel to please people, and I'm certainly not trying to please that group, okay? And it will get worse. <laughs> it will get worse. Okay, let's go to our next one. Did we get through 10? Yes, we did. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. Okay, all right. I did not receive it from any man, nor was taught it. 
He didn't get it in any school. And all the time he was a Pharisee and all the schooling he had, he didn't get the gospel there. That's not where he got it. Okay. You hear him arguing for, for his apostleship. That's what he's arguing for. He's arguing for his apostleship. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, I just did just a few sentences a while ago on about learning here, right? And Paul says, I didn't learn it that way. He said, that's not the way I learned it. I learned the gospel straight from God. All right? He learned the gospels straight from God. <clears throat> I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. What was he zealous for? The tradition, yeah, the other law. But on top of that was the tradition of the fathers. He, that's not where he got it. He didn't get the gospel there. He had gone through that. He had acted that way, but he no longer, no longer was doing that. Uh, his previous life was what? To, de to destroy the church. And now he's the one who's really spreading the church around the world. He's the one who's got, I think, the clearest gr grasp of the gospel of grace and the uh, missionary spirit to share it with other people. How many, when you... When you uh, felt like you understood the gospel and you, you felt like you got a grasp of the gospel. The, the, the first thing I thought, man, everybody needs this. That was my first thought. Everybody needs this. Uh, well, what do you got? The forgiveness of sin, a sense of acceptance and the spirit of God within? Exactly. How could you turn something like that down? And so, uh, now that's on the good side. On the bad side, he's, he's trying to, to share this, this stuff about the tradition of the fathers and the Judaism and, and law. Okay, let's go to the next one. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, I, I, he had some sense that God was involved with him from his, from, at least from his birth here, at, at least, okay? Uh, he had some sense of that. Uh, we don't see it reflected in his life until he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. We don't, we don't see that. Okay. Uh, 
my mother's womb, and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Where does he go? He makes no bones about that. That's where he wants to be. He, he really wants to preach in areas where the gospel has never been heard, never been preached. That's the area he wants to go to, and he wants it to be a Gentile area. That's his calling. That's his calling. <clears throat> My immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was but I went to Arabia, later returned to Damascus. Saying it again. What's he saying? This happened between me and God. I didn't go to the headquarters to get the okay from them to do this. I got the call from God. I'm doing it. Okay? Okay. We good. All right. Let's go to our next uh, slide. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him 15 days. Why Cephas? Or why, why Peter? Anybody? Take, take that up. Because he's seen as the head of the church. He's seen in Jerusalem, he's seen as head of the church. Okay? And uh, I think Paul wants to get him abreast of what's going on with him and God. And uh, just need to get acquainted. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother. Now, how did James get to be so high in the church? here so soon. Large brother. This one guy had a sermon on this because that was the last person Jesus saw on earth, I think, was uh, James. And uh, his sermon was Jesus came upon him, put his hand on his shoulder and said, brother, do I have something to tell you? <laughs> the resurrected Lord. <laughs> Wow, it was changed, and he he became uh, really uh, head of the, head of the church. Uh, there was a time in which he thought Jesus had lost his mind, but now all of a sudden it makes sense to him. Uh, this Jesus, <clears throat> I assure you before God that what I am writing to you is no lie. When I went to Syria and Cilicia, I was I. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy, and they praise God because of me. Now, there he is right up front with what he was like. And what, what was he like? He was a persecutor of the church because he felt like they were going against God and uh, he felt like he knew the way, uh, but he did not and he changed. And they praised God because of me. And this is kind of, uh, I think he's proud of that. 
that he found acceptance and uh, they, they praised him. All right, where are we? That's okay, we already did that. Well, up to th Let's go to our next slide. <clears throat> did, we, did we go all the way through 24? Oh boy. Oh, um, him going up to Jerusalem is the, the first one he mentioned there. There's another one he will mention by going to Jerusalem. And then there's the last one uh, that he goes to Jerusalem. So we have at least three accounts of Paul going to Jerusalem. And the last one is when he's arrested there. And uh, so that kind of puts an end to that. Uh, then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and the meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. I think he's got a little tongue in cheek here. Maybe not. Because he doesn't say they're leaders or what. They're esteemed as leaders. So... Are they leaders? Are they not? Well, we don't know. They're esteemed as leaders. Okay. <clears throat> um, I presented to them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running or had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. Now, this is a, this is a big deal that Paul sees here. They, they don't ask him to uh, make sure that Titus is circumcised there. So they are accepting Paul and his, his message. And what's his message is... It is by the grace of God you're saved through faith and not of anything else. And this, uh, this will give you a sense of freedom and uh, that, that you need. Okay, so here's the second visit to Jerusalem. First one went good. Second one went good. Okay, but now things are not going good in the church. The church is there. Uh, what, can, what can that what can that be? Let's go to the next one. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. Brothers are spying on them. When, when you start down that road of being perfect and making sure everybody else is perfect. It is an ugly place to go. And there's nothing good down that road except, except ugliness for you and for the people around you. Um, I know they used to be said in the church, it's kind of 
cheap saying is, who made you a fruit inspector? You know, who, who did that? You know, uh, so here they are. They're, they went up there and spied on Paul and Barnabas. And what was Paul and Barnabas doing? Preaching the gospel of grace and having fellowship with Gentiles. That's what he was doing. And they said, no, 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 that's, that's wrong. Uh, uh, we did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whether they were makes no difference to me. Why is that? Why doesn't that make a difference to Paul? He is not, I'm sorry. Yes. And he is not a respecter of persons is the way I think the King James uh, has that uh, idea uh, down. He is, he, he, God is not a respecter of persons. I mean, you don't have rank with God. You, you just don't do that. Um, you don't like have first-rate and second-rate Christians. No, that's not the way this works. Okay, you're accepted or you're not. And it's just that simple. And there's no like higher up. That's another thing I really like about this church is there, there's no like real hierarchy that's on your case or anything here. Well, at least they've been nice to me anyway, so... I'm tickled with that. <laughs> and my first experience coming here, Joan wasn't with me. And we needed a church. You know, we, we really needed a church, okay? So, so I came here and I was on uh, right around the back over there, a couple of seats in. And uh, I was, I, I just had come in the door really and, of course, I didn't know anybody hardly here at that time and, and standing there, but I had this overwhelming sense of God's love for me. I, 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 and I just wept because we needed a church. We were looking for a church. Joan just didn't happen to be with me. No lie. The next Sunday, Joan went with me. And I never told her my experience in this church. I never told her. And what did she do? She stood and wept. Just because of the intimacy of God's love. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Because just no respecter of persons. God's not a respecter of persons. Yeah, and you don't even have to put on airs here. I'll do that if I have to, but I don't have to. It's not going to help. <laughs> Quinn, see, see how that does, works out for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're just, but, and so Paul is refusing to be a respecter of persons here. In other words, we got high up Cephas and... James, and how do we know they're high up? Well, they're from Jerusalem. They're from the headquarters. 
They're from where Jesus died. And I mean, if you want them to fill out a resume, they'll fill one out for you. They'll tell you, okay? Uh, but, but you see what he... They're esteemed to be leaders, but are they or not? Well, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. They had nothing. They said they had something, but they had nothing. At least they had nothing when Paul was present. <laughs> when he goes away, they have a lot of stuff. Okay? Ah, all right, all right. Favorite, they, they added nothing. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. Now, I know it's easy to be nasty here, okay? Truth of the matter is, I'm glad that I think they had somebody that they were glad was dealing with these grubby Gentiles. You, they were just tickled that somebody was going to do the dirty work that they should be doing or not doing. But Paul's willing to do it because his calling is to the Gentiles. Okay? All right. All right. For God who is at work in Peter as an apostle. Now, he's being nice here. Okay, he's being nice. To the circumcised was also at work in me an apostle to the Gentiles. See him nail that down? He's an apostle to the Jewish, and I'm an apostle to the Gentiles. Uh, James, Cephas, and John... Those esteemed as pillars gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they would go to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do all along. So the only thing that they asked them to do is to pay attention to the poor. Uh, other than that, you're, you're, you're doing just fine. You got the stamp of approval on the gospel, okay? All right, let's see. Where do we go now? Yes, yes. Now, this is where you want to pay attention here, Okay. When Cephas came to Antioch, remember, that's where Paul and Barnabas worked for so long, was in Antioch. Barnabas saw that Antioch church was growing really good and they needed a Bible teacher and they went and got Paul and brought him into there. And so Paul's been teaching uh, there in the church for quite some time. <clears throat> For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with Gentiles. What's the saying? Did I miss the first? Oh, I opposed him to his face. 
because he stood condemned. Yeah. Yeah. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with Gentiles, meaning as Cephas would, would come to church and we would greet you and you would greet him and we'd go out after worship and, and have Sunday meal together. That's, you know, and Simon Peter thought, well, that's okay, I'll, I'll do that. I'll have dinner with you. And so they were going out and having dinner. The problem is the people he's having dinner with were Gentiles. And Jews don't really eat with Gentiles, have much to do with them. Okay, but Simon Peter's caught on here because he's in Antioch. He's not in Jerusalem anymore. He's in Antioch. And so that was, that was fine. Until what? The men came from James. Now, when the men came from James, when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to circumcision group. All right? Okay. <clears throat> the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy. Why? I mean, he's a leader. And they're, they're, they're wanting to, to, to please and to be right and to be on the right side of, of that. Um, the other Jews joined in hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. You want to see? I know. You talk about pressure. You have to understand the kind of pressure that they were under. This is, this is no simple flim-flam, okay? Because Barnabas is this really great guy who, man, he stubs his toe here some fierce he just stumbles over this stuff. And even he is turned away. Paul, though, is not. Paul has the strength of spirit and the strength of mind to stay on the mark and stay uh, on what God is calling them to do. And sometimes that's a hard job, amen? That's a hard job sometimes. Yeah, that's a job all its own. When I saw that they were acting in line with the truth of the gospel, were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, now this is, mm, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? Well, now that's a good question. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. What's good for one is good for the other. How is it you don't, how, how is it you're doing that? Uh, we who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles. There you go. What's, them, Gentiles are what? Sinful. Uh, we, we, okay. Okay. But by faith in Jesus, oh, okay. we are Gentiles. Know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not 
the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But what, what did Paul do? He faced Simon Peter and uh, in front of everybody uh, told him that he was doing wrong by separating himself from the Gentiles and making the Gentiles, in that sense, a second-rate Christian at best and unsaved worst. Okay? Because the, the question will come up, well, then what were they saying would solve this problem? And, of course, the, the thing, we're, we're done with time, okay? But the thing that would solve this problem is that uh, the Gentiles be circumcised. And then, of course, that's just the camel's nose in the tent, always. Just to, because from that, from that, the whole law will pour in, and uh, you, you've broke the dam when you do that, okay? All right, that's it. We got to quit for tonight. <laughs> we, <laughs> but if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I have destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. No longer I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God for a righteousness. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And I, I like when he says, uh, uh, I think the King James has, Christ died in vain. You know, so without, without that. Oh, okay, but that not, we, we, we can't count that finishing that, <laughs> there, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll come back and we'll do that. Okay, let's close in prayer. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for guys like Paul, who uh, who have a good grasp of the gospel of Jesus Christ and are willing to share that and give that away to others. And we thank you for that, and we pray that in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen.